Hi, Alex here, just popping in at the start of the episode to let you know that this episode does contain discussions surrounding sexual assault and abuse due to the nature of the film Pleasure, which we discuss. So, listener discretion is advised. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Film Angle Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. And today we're back to talk about a whole bunch of films that we've been catching up on recently. Chris, please tell me, what have you been watching in the last couple of weeks? Well, actually, we've been kind of treated to a lot of big releases out the last couple of weeks. Um, One of the big highlights for me that I caught up with uh, was uh, Elvis. So you, you a big fan of Baz Luhrmann, Alex? Have you seen any of his films I have seen uh, the, the the Great Gatsby, and I've seen Romeo and Juliet. Um, I and I watched a good chunk of his TV show. Uh, I can't remember; it was all about like the start of R and B and stuff like that. At the time, it was yes. like the most expensive TV show ever made. I don't remember finishing it, but I do. I do like his like everything. <laughs> yeah, like maximalism to the extreme kind of. Uh, style and I'm kind of in. I'm. I really want to see Elvis. I just haven't gotten around to it. I I was between Elvis and the Black Phone this weekend, and I know you got to see both, but uh, mm, I only got to choice. see one of them. Um, but yeah, I I I really, you know, I I do like Elvis's music. Um, you know, some fond memories from my from my youth of my dad playing it in the car and stuff like that. Not like as big as some other artists in in kind of my dad's music history and like mine um but you know definitely a little something there where i'm kind of like i'm intrigued to watch this film and also intrigued to just see it go full-blown style 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 yeah i I didn't picture your dad as an elvis kind of guy i thought he would have been like the generation past that that would have he was definitely more of like a queen, erasure. Like we would definitely listen to more of that stuff. But every now and then he'd, he'd chuck on Elvis's greatest hits and we'd all have like a bit of a sing-along in the back of the car, you know. We had a lot of long long car journeys when we had to come back, uh, when we used to go from Germany to the UK. And uh, we used to do that like twice a year sometimes. And obviously you've got the, the trip both ways. So there was a lot of car journeys that needed some kind of time <laughs> to, to listen to stuff. I'm just trying to picture all of you singing like an Elvis song in the back of the car. I must have sounded like just a bunch of strangled cats. No offense, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's many a time that, you know, I'm sure everybody was glad there were windows. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Elvis, I mean, Baz doesn't make a lot of movies. Like you're saying, he made that TV show recently, but I think you said the last movie he made was The Great Gatsby, which was nine years ago, which I can't believe because I was obsessed wow. about that movie then. I mean, I, we, we, I think I went to see that about three or four times in the cinema. Oh, so wow, you, I, were the, you were that obsessed. I, do you know, I remember being really obsessed with the soundtrack before the film yes. came out. And I thought the soundtrack was amazing, and I was like, this is going to be the greatest film ever. Uh, and then I watched it, and I was a little bit disappointed by The Great Gatsby. <laughs> I didn't really like it that much. Oh, man, um, I, I get it. Like, anyone who's seen any of Baz's movies will know that like he is style and more style and a bit of glitter just thrown in in the mix too but you know that's just definably him and his movies are like watching a pop-up book come to life 
I think like mm. the Gat- Gatsby one is especially like true in that in that sense. Some people think it's like over the top, and I completely get it. Uh, but he, he just I think he manages to always bring it back to the characters, and I think in Gatsby he definitely did that, where he didn't lose essence of who Gatsby was as a character, and uh, he managed to marry the two really well. And I think the the same is really true again in Elvis. Um, yeah, I I was pretty nervous. Like, did you see the tra- like the trailer came in? The trailer was on every time I went to the cinema. The Elvis trailer came on, and I kind of got more and more nervous every time I was watching it. I don't know what did you think of it. I thought this looks fun, but this also looks very much just like another standard biopic. But there was something that caught me, and I was like, I really want to see this film, even though like biopics don't always do it for me i think ever since walk hard the dewey cox story where they parodied it like biopics have been like completely ruined for me but there was just something about this like the trailer just like got me excited and i think maybe that is just the the over the top style and it makes you go hmm you know and from all accounts and you can probably tell me if i'm wrong the trailer already gives off like a small percent of how stylish the film actually is yeah, I, I think you know that's not going to be your standard, like, birth to death sort of story. Like, I think, like you said, Walk the Line, which obviously Walk Hard was a parody of, of that movie specifically. But Walk the Line was sort of like the last movie to get away with that. I think that movie does it really well. But I think we're, we're, we've done so many of those type of movies where it's just a straight up, um, almost like a Wikipedia kind of someone's life. So I, I I don't think there was anyone else that could have gotten away with doing an Elvis story. I think Baz is the perfect choice because, you know, who better to do a story about someone who's so excessive in nature than a director who's got an excessive um, sort of sensibility. Yeah. And um, I think the genius of casting Austin Butler is probably just next level as well and what's really kind of given this movie it's a uh, word of mouth he doesn't just capture the essence of elvis he is simply just like this incredible manifestation and reincarnation of, of elvis himself it's like when the movie actually takes its time to slow down and it does do that sometimes i know it's hard to believe in the basler movie <laughs> but it when it gives butler those moments to really reflect and interact with elvis's sort of melancholy nature like he there is like a sadness to elvis and whenever austin kind of leans into that it's you get this i kind of got chills watching it it's it's an oscar worthy performance where i just didn't feel like i was watching you know that sort of like prosthetic or like a a gary oldman like performance where it's like it's very showy and stagey it just felt more very natural and I, i was watching elvis on on the screen so i mean that's worth uh, the price of the ticket alone, I think. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely being like heralded as a as an up and coming actor right now, and I'm excited to see him. I, I I don't know what I've seen him in before, apart from he played a very small part in Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, sorry, yeah, Once text. Upon a Time in Hollywood, yes, uh, the Quentin yeah. Tarantino film, and then I think he also played a very small role in one of Kevin Smith's films, uh, Yoga Hoses. That's it, which is yes. kind of like. The one um, with um, Lily Rose Depp in it? Yes. Yeah, daughter. yeah. Which is kind of like more of a bit of a weird kind of teen skewed stoner comedy kind of just lots of crazy stuff going on and he plays a very small role. Um, but yeah, that's 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 I think that's all I've seen him in. But he's about to be in Dune Part 2. 
Yes, yeah, he's playing the um the Baron's nephew, which is actually a really like juicy role to kind of give him for part two. And I think he really because I've read the book of uh of Dune, and I think he um really suits that role. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in that. He's definitely got a big career ahead of him. Um, certainly after watching this movie, um, I will say that the style and the framing of the story by choosing to have it told from Colonel Tom Parker's perspective at the beginning it definitely catches you sort of off guard in 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 the beginning but once it settles you in and you adjust you can't help but be won over by the style of this movie it's very like it's non-stop i mean it's such a long movie it's nearly three hours but um it never felt like that which uh, that was uh my biggest reservation going in and yeah I, i was bowled over by it i had a really great time i know some people didn't enjoy the movie as much but um yeah, I, I I would definitely uh, recommend most people check it out because um you know a lot of people I know are really digging this at the minute. So yeah, please check out yeah. Elvis. I'm very very intrigued, and like even if I end up not liking it, which I think you know there's definitely a possibility. Of course, that, you know from the discourse I've heard, definitely a possibility that one may not like it. Um, if I like it, just, Alex, it just it like just it. looks like a fun experience either way. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I look forward to. It. Uh, can you can you tell us more about Tom Hanks's performance? It's been very uh, kind of it's like very much in the conversation right now. Yeah, it, it's certainly a love or hate uh, performance. Funny enough, though, when I watched the trailer, that was like my biggest worry about the movie. I turned like every time I would watch it in the cinema with my partner Lauren, I would turn over to her and I would be like, that "Performance just seems so like misjudged." But actually, when you watch it in the movie, it's really really good and. Um, it's a kind of a highlight because he definitely leans in. It almost leans into cartoonishness, but I think Tom Hanks judges it just right. Um, where and it's also a perspective we don't really see. I I don't know. Did you know much about the whole Tom Parker, um, story? Kind of going into this. Like I know you haven't seen it yet, but do you know much about him? Not really. I just know that he's not a very uh, well liked man in the history of Elvis. Yeah, I I knew he like financially sort of um manipulated him, but if if this movie is true, I mean I need to do my history a little bit more. But if if it's true, like the, the manipulation that goes on for like all, it's not just a little portion of Elvis's career; it's his whole career is sort of manipulation of his of Elvis's parents, um, their lack of education, um, selling them the dream, and he ultimately takes fifty percent of Elvis's cut for his whole career, and then you know, completely prevents him from, he never did a world, world tour. I didn't even know Elvis didn't travel outside of the country. He was never allowed to do this because Tom Parker manipulated him. And, wow. um, and it was, and the movie portrays it like Tom Parker didn't uh, want to actually leave the country. So he kept that a secret because he wasn't actually an American citizen. So he couldn't leave the country. So he kept making up lies to Elvis as to why they couldn't go on a world tour. Wow. So yeah, it, it's crazy. Um, but so does that mean time... like the only time Elvis went anywhere outside of the States was military service? Um, well, yeah, because that would have been non-performance uh, related anything that was to do with the Elvis brand would have had Tom Parker you know and the, and the sidelines the whole time so wherever Tom couldn't go Elvis couldn't go I suppose yeah I actually uh, I have an interesting 
connection to Elvis. Very, very slight. I thought you were going to say Tom Parker there. <laughs> very, very, very slight connection. I wonder if this scene will pop up in the movie. Probably not, but I'll, I'll eagerly await it. But uh, so when my granddad did his military service, he was in uh, the Bavarian Alps in Germany. And mm. uh, like a lodge bar that they used to go to semi regularly. Um, they kind of went there to grab a drink, but the, it was kind of shut down because uh, somebody was inside and it was very much a private, private thing. And uh, because the lodge owner knew my granddad and, and uh, the people he was with, he was like, I'll oh, just, we'll put you in a back room. We'll put you in a back room and you can have a drink there. And it was very much suspected that uh, the person in the lodge was Elvis. And that's why nobody else was kind of allowed in at the time. Great story, but is is it like, is he like ninety nine percent sure? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh man, but it's so like that's so that's such a tease though. You're so close to a person like that, and you just and you're oh, that's that's a cool story though. I mean, is that scene in the film? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they make they make that the sort of like the big third act reveal. Um, so yeah, did did. To definitely show up. No, it doesn't turn up in the movie, Alex. Unfortunately, there's yeah, a lot a that goes on in this movie, but not that bit. Ah, they must be on the cutting room floor somewhere. But yeah, check out Elvis. I really liked it. Nice one. Nice one. Shall we talk about Pleasure, the movie, uh, which released on movie <laughs> the other week? The movie that released on movie. Um, yeah, a Swedish film that did uh, very well in Sundance, I think, last year, and then kind of went on the festival circuit for a bit, and now has had its wide release, uh, directed by Ninja Thyberg, and yeah. starring Sophia Capel, kind of follows, uh, like, it's very much a, you know, star is born, uh, showgirls-esque, enter the industry and kind of witness the horrors uh, surrounding it, but the industry in this case is porn. It's the porn industry. So it's a very kind of... Uh, quite a quite a heavy film at times. Um, as oh, it's, a follow... great, it's a it's a nice one to sit down with the family. Yeah, yeah, not 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 the not family friendly at all. Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, it follows a twenty year old Bella Cherry as she uh, leaves her kind of leaves her home country of Sweden and and goes to LA and and wants to become the next big porn star and uh, kind of go like kind of finds the small relatively small highs of the industry and a, and a lot of lot of big lows and kind of scary things that happen along the way uh what did yeah. you think of the film chris well i really liked the movie as a whole i felt that if you took the novelty away of it being set in the porn industry and getting like a background canvas of an industry that we don't really usually see on film because we don't um what you're kind of left with uh, i felt was kind of your standard girl with a dream movie not to say that that's done badly but that is done well here and while uh sophia coppel's performance who's who plays bella is very strong i never really believed her as someone who really wanted or had any enthusiasm in the industry to move all the way from from europe from sweden and, and begin a new life in la she just mostly looks sort of bored or miserable i don't know not exactly her dream job i kind of found that part of the movie hard to buy into in the beginning but i i did ultimately fall into it after a while i I'm, i just struggled at the sort of first act 
I I disagree. I I, I thought that Sofia Coppola's uh, performance was actually kind of the thing kind of holding the film together because it it very much is like look at this part of the industry, look at that part of the industry. And I don't know if you've ever watched. Um, there was a film called Hot Girls Wanted, and then a Netflix show called Hot Girls Wanted turned on. No, I, I think. Which kind of was a documentary series about the porn industry and the Netflix TV docu series followed girls who were just entering it very much in the mm. same place that Bella Cherry is at the start of the film. And it very much plays out those same beats. So there's clearly a, a big element of truth to what we're seeing on screen because we've seen it in documentary form as well. Um, so, I okay. mean, if, if, if you didn't want to just see a fictionalized version of it very much, check out that TV show. Um, very okay. interesting. Uh, but like, obviously that's different here, but I, I think there's something about her that is clearly she wants something that she is well known for that she is good at and aspires to. But I think there's also like, you get like a hint when she speaks to her mum on the phone, there's a couple of instances throughout the film that there's like yes. a slight rebellious side to it as well. And she seems like the kind of person who's trying everything in terms of jobs. Like she's tried other things. She's always on a whim. She's always just like randomly doing stuff. And that's her kind of character. Uh, but it goes into a lot of kind of power dynamics and, and uh, you know, the, the kind of differences in the way that like women uh, who are behind the camera handle kind of sensitivity and intimacy compared to men. And uh, yes. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's very, if you are sensitive to, you know, rape and abuse and, you know, the, the kind of hardcore parts of this film are, are, are very difficult to watch. And, and it very much was, uh, yeah, very, it was a, quite a difficult watch at times is what I'm trying to say when you have yeah. to see some of the stuff that she goes through in order to, to kind of uh, acquire a bigger star power within the industry. Yeah, the scene that you're talking about in particular is, is a very difficult watch. Um, you kind of just want it to end, and, and that's well, that's the power of of the film of me of cinema is that uh, you're feeling what the character is feeling, and I I did feel that in that moment was a uh, where you're essentially just watching a rape. Uh, but the thing is that it's because it's a industry standard, or she doesn't know what the, we don't even know what the standard is because every interaction, or every single set or, st or studio that she goes to, or it's a completely different experience. So she has like no sort of gauge as to reference as what is normal and what's not. Am I being raped? Am I or am I not? And like, yeah. or are these guys just pretending to be nurturing off camera so that I feel that I'm not being raped? It's it's completely it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it very much blurs the lines of, especially in that scene of like what's consensual and what's not. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's a very interesting film, and I, I think it maybe maybe loses itself a little bit in in the final moments where uh, you know it kind of gets a bit too on the nose. The kind of hammering hammering home what the the theme is, and you know the kind of like being. The, the masculine world and it's, and it's kind of influence on on the porn industry and and that the negativity surrounding that kind of toxic masculinity I think it may yeah. be a bit bit cheesy at the end but for the most part I was kind of enthralled by this film um yeah. very much worth a watch and uh it, for for a first time actress <clears throat> um Sophia Coppola is, is 
incredible. I, I, like you, you wouldn't know that this was her first time acting. Um, no, I will, I will agree to, with that. to start with, because like you really, you really do have to literally bear everything and just be like, "This is me on the screen," um, feeling, you know, feeling all the emotions and and also kind of being in some yeah. pretty, pretty difficult places. Similar to sort of um, last year's uh, movie, Titan, where that was that um, actress's, I forget her name, it was that actress's first sort of debut role, and that's another performance that you really like, you know, <laughs> are you sure you want to be doing this? This is this is going to be on screen for the rest of your life. But um, yeah, sure, certainly uh, Sophia Coppola's performance uh, reminded me of that. I, I don't want to be down on the movie though, Alex. Like Honestly, I did like it. Like What I, what I did love about, about the movie was... I, I like the ambiguity in terms of the morality of the industry. Like it's almost like like a compilation of like anthology short films. It's like these are the heroes and the villains here. Every every job Bella goes to is like complete like I said, completely different. And it's horrible because everyone knows everyone. And yeah. it's a small world in this industry. It's a small town at the end of the day. If Bella is uncomfortable with the situation, she's she's forced to endure um, and see it the way through as there's there's a risk of almost being blacklisted if she doesn't go all the way through it. So it's like everything's a risk because like, I'm not enjoying this, but if I don't do it, then this could be the end right here, right now. It's, it's very blurred as to who is professional and who's basically just pimping you out. And, yeah. and the more the more over time that Bella is partaking in these acts, the more that she's starting to become less empathetic, like that she, like she is with other people at the beginning of the story, her sort of soul begins to erode over time. And it's quite, she becomes a bit of a shell of herself. So I did find that aspect of the story quite powerful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's worth noting as well that uh, they actually worked with a lot of like actual industry people. Um, like the, mm. the Spiegler's girls, I think it was Spiegler. That's okay. that's a real thing, apparently. Um, there's a lot of real porn stars and uh, kind of directors uh, that are actually used in the film. Um, and uh, I actually read that a lot of them actually didn't like the film, so maybe that's worth noting as well. Um, maybe because maybe it is too close to life, or maybe it, or maybe it, it didn't actually kind of uh, sh- showcase the porn industry in the way that that it actually is who knows um but we'll leave we'll leave that up to leave that up to the audience uh so we both caught up with the black phone um over the weekend and yeah fair to say if you've got a serial killer movie set in the 70s starring ethan hawk i mean alex and i are probably going to turn up to it yeah 100 100 uh directed by scott derrickson and written by C. Robert Cargill, um, who also did Sinister together and mm-hmm. uh, the first Doctor Strange movie, which I think is one of the most underrated films in the Marvel Universe. I really like that film. Uh, but this is... Uh, so after creative differences with Marvel, um, Sam Raimi obviously went on to direct the second Doctor Strange film and Scott Derrickson went on to direct The Black Phone and I think I think the world is better for it, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a really solid movie. I, I don't think it changes the world. I don't think it's a movie that changes the world necessarily, but it's a really good um sort of mood piece for like spending an hour in a 
hour, hour and a half in the cinema. Um, and Ethan Hawke definitely like definitely commands your attention when he's on screen. See, I uh, I think I'm a lot more positive on this one than you, Chris. I I absolutely blooming love this film. I thought I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was excellent from from start to finish. Um, I think it I think it sets the tone really well in that first act. Uh, there's a lot of attention to detail to the 70s setting and even just the opening credits kind of really set your mind back to that kind of obviously we weren't around in the 70s but uh, you know both our partners love true crime and I'm sure you've seen hundreds of documentary films and tv shows about kind of serial killers <laughs> and kidnappers it seemed that like that was all that was happening in the 70s in in the states yes like it yes. was very much uh, a bit of a scary time because obviously people could get away with more things then than they could now and yeah like it really sets up this tone that puts you into that sense of unease and like oh everybody's at risk um, and like is almost like a, a pandemic of kidnappings and serial killers and you just like it really really is uncomfortable and I think that maybe maybe that's where the film isn't horror in the normal sense like obviously some horrific things happen in the film but the scares aren't like it's not the scariest film in the world um, maybe that's easy to say as somebody who doesn't have kids and, and isn't scared of you know a child getting yeah. kidnapped just yet or, or in the same way that maybe a mother or a father would be scared of a child being kidnapped but um it scares come from atmosphere and then the rest are jump scares which obviously is 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 you know kind of somewhat cheap but i think the, they get the atmosphere right they get the atmosphere yeah. so well um you you mentioned ethan hawke obviously plays the grabber who's our, our big bad but yes the grabber yeah it's quite a like it's quite a quiet performance i think from ethan hawke he definitely knows that it's not his film and and in fact you you i don't even think you see his full face at any time during the film it's all the mask that he wears allows it to be like sometimes it's just covering his mouth sometimes it's just covering his eyes and um, i think you do when he's like actually grabbing the children but like it's he's always wearing he's got full face of paint or he's got like sunglasses on yeah you say he's never completely unveiled in this and movie. I, I think it's good because i think he he understands his role in this film he isn't the big showy star of it as much as he's on yeah. the poster and stuff like that he's the boogeyman uh the stars of the the of, of the film are actually are actually the kids and oh my god mason yeah. thames and madeline mcgraw who play finney and gwen brother and sister holy shit they're good like yeah. so good um, they are great child performances, yeah. And considering the stuff that happens in the film, like it's a very violent film. Um, not just from you know the the horrors of of the kidnapping and and subsequent kind of like trying to escape, but like there's there's fights between kids at the start of the film that are absolutely brutal, and it doesn't shy away from the violence in the world, um, as well as kind of violence from their own father. Um, who is an alcoholic mess due to the death of their mother and 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 why that is and you know and mm. it's worth mentioning as well there's also well there's a couple of supernatural elements one Gwen re- receives visions of either you know present day or slight present to future kind of stuff happening that that kind of relates into helping Finney uh, during the film and then obviously Finney receives calls within his cell. 
uh, which is a basement from from the kids that have essentially been murdered by the grabber. That that yeah, and and, and it's worth saying as well. Uh, if you if you don't know anything about this film, go and see it before you listen to us talk about it. Um, and definitely, definitely don't watch the trailer. Did you watch the trailer for this, Chris? Well, I had to because every time I went to the cinema, it would show. Oh man! <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I swear they released the trailer like a year ago. Like it felt like it's been coming out for quite a while. Like the first initial trailer, yeah. and I remember watching it and like this looks like a really good film, but I feel like I've seen way too much, and I just I just literally blanked it every time from then on that it popped up in the cinema. So um, yeah, I've maybe had a year away from it, and I think that was the best thing to do because the the trailer really does give away hell of a lot. It is um, a breakdown of the movie, really, isn't it? It really is. It really is. So I I actually said to to my fiance M, I was just like you're going to like this film. I'm pretty sure like it looks like up your street. Um, don't watch trailer. And every time it came on on an advert, I was like, close your, close your eyes, <laughs> cover your ears. Don't, don't. And, uh, and she ended, she ended up absolutely loving it. Um, having not known anything about it other than it was like a kidnapping horror film with Ethan Hawke in it, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, she absolutely loved it. Well, I was going to say with uh, Hawke's performance, like, it feels like a movie that's almost completely led by children um, because there's something about his performance that's very childlike. Yeah. Um, it, it, in sort of a way, and also with her father, like the father, like you said, he's a, he's a bit of a mess and there's almost like a sort of childish sen- sense of uh, patheticness to him. Um, so it feels like a movie that hasn't got a single adult in it. And you're so right. Those those child performances are incredible. Um I forget who the young girl's uh, name is again. Uh, so Madeline McGraw is the actress, and Gwen is the character. So the character of Gwen, I, I think I thought that performance was incredible. There's this, there's this certain scene where um her her father is basically beating her in the kitchen. He he's whacking her repeatedly with with a what was it with a belt or a rod, and yeah, um, really she, difficult I've, scene. Difficult to watch because I haven't seen a child cried that well on camera so realistically in years it was it was too it was scary good yeah yeah i was actually listening to a podcast today where they um where they were actually interviewing the director and the writer about it and uh, they were really kind of praising her performance especially in that moment because i was like that those are real tears but uh no she very much is just a good actress um, and uh, I, I think they were, they were talking about a particular line reading where she's talking about her dreams are just dreams and how it's like it's kind of rebellious and it kind of shocked it. like one of the ways she says it after saying it multiple times just really like shocked everybody on set and apparently you can see that reaction within the father figure uh, they kept that take in so yeah clearly um, clearly a, 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 a mega actress to come I'm, I'm sure like uh, incredible performance yeah, and and I'm with you though. Like the aesthetic of the seventies, like I think seventies is like the creepiest aesthetic that ever ever existed. It's just like what were what were what were people doing with their hair and their clothes in that decade? Because it just looks horrifying. Yeah, and, <laughs> I, I mean, don't know if they knew it then. And as well, like this town is being terrorized by kids being kidnapped, and all the parents are like. Ah, just stay out late. You know, we don't care. Yeah. Go ahead, do whatever you need. Like, I like if that was me now, I'd be like, you're staying in, you're not going out, <laughs> and you never will until the grabber's been caught. 
but uh, yeah of course i mean uh, there's a lot of similarities i think it's it's almost like a direct nod or a tip of the hat to stephen king's sort of um books and i don't mean just like in the sense that it's got balloons in it <laughs> and it's got children being kidnapped it's like um with the father figure it's the whole thing that made the book it so good and, the, and that story so powerful was because the kids were threatened by something that was chasing them and was hunting them down just like just like the grabber is and they can't even turn to their parents the parent their parents should be their source of 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 safety and they're just as bad or they're just as big as a threat and it makes it sort of like a sort of desperate tense situation where you know you're just you're watching a group of children that have absolutely nothing to help themselves but themselves and um yeah, and they definitely lean into that in this movie too. And yeah, I, I really uh, appreciated that. I think it's a really good way as well of being like, you know, th- there's a reason, th- you know, incompetent parent- parenting comes into it. And then also the kind of emotional maturity that, that Finn, Finney kind of takes when captured and his kind of yeah. slight rebellious side and his willingness to keep fighting there's a reason for that and it's and it's because he's had to deal with so much from a young age that that, like the emotional maturity makes sense but it's interesting that you mentioned stephen king because i also mentioned stephen king in my letterbox review i said it's like the best stephen king adaptation that isn't a stephen king adaptation in all the best ways the film is actually based on a short story written by joe hill who is Mm -hmm. the son of stephen king the dots are connecting the dots are connecting, yeah. So it's it's very it's very Stephen King vibes. Um, but you know what? As much as you know, I may maybe there's a little bit of like, oh well, that makes sense. Like, it doesn't matter. This film is so good. I and and it kind of builds up to this crescendo. And here we're definitely getting into spoilers. But in the final escape with Finney, um, and he uses every kind of. Thing that's been given to him throughout the course of the film from phone calls with these dead children yeah. like giving him hints on how to escape he uses all of them to overcome uh his his attacker even like the smallest ones which you think wouldn't play into it like he, he digs a hole and finds a freezer at some point and stuff like that but he's able to give like a stake to a dog to get out like i was you know i was like punching my fist in the air i was like this is so satisfying as a, as a viewer i was like emotional due to just the fact that you know we were finally having some catharsis with him escaping and and getting to be with his sister again because at the end of the day they needed to protect each other but also this kind of like yeah kill him kill him like take him down take down the grabber and it was like it almost felt like an action movie hero moment um and i just i just had this massive grin despite how dark it all was i was just i was really rooting for this kid I was very much emotionally invested. And I think that's why I kind of came out uh, heavily positive on this film. Because I, I, I just, I loved everything about it. Nothing in the movie went wrong for me. Well, perhaps maybe the third act there was like in that escape scene. Um, I thought the twist with the brother was a little bit on the hokey side. Maybe that's a that little bit of that Blumhouse um, element coming into it um mm-hmm. i'm not sure i was a little bit like is that intentionally comical it's a bit off tone here for a second i don't know how did you feel about that which bit are you referring to when it's revealed that the the um when the brother discovers that 
it was his house the whole time and that Finney was under his basement and then he's like, ah, I knew you were under my basement. I'm going I'm to get some help. And then he gets the axe in the head and it's just a little bit, I find that a little bit off tune. Yeah, I think that character definitely is slightly jarring because he doesn't get introduced until later in the film. Um, yeah. But I don't know whether there's hints to the fact that because I I didn't know straight away that he was in the house that that Finney was in, but uh, yeah, I think maybe it's a bit of a because the end is very much about kind of pointing you in one direction and then and then being like, oh no, it's not that, it's not that, because uh, there's a yeah. moment where the police kind of raid the house and you think, oh, they're about to find him, and then again, it's it's not that, it's not that. And you think, oh, maybe time has passed, has something happened, like. Uh, are we are we in two different timelines right now? Um, so I think maybe it was just part of the kind of trying to peter audiences one way and then being like, ah, you thought it was going to happen like that? It's not going to happen like that. Uh, and then also just, I think, just to kind of show how menacing Ethan Hawke is because uh, we mainly just hear stories about how scary he is. Like, he's killed these kids. He's killed them in horrible ways. This is how he's done it. This is why he's done it. But you you never actually watch him harm Finney. Uh, he only attempts to later in the film. Um, so maybe it was just a, a way of keeping yeah. the, keeping the threat large of being like, <clears throat> he he's capable of killing you. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought it was terrific. I didn't have, like I said, I don't have any qualms with it. I just didn't feel as energized as you did I, like i said it didn't nothing nothing um sort of was you know sort of pervasive to me or anything like that nothing sort of got under my skin i thought i was just watching a really competent um well-made movie that i enjoyed for about you know for the duration of it um oh, i wish i just wish i felt as strongly as you did and i was so excited for this movie but i i, I came out positive overall that's, I, that, I do like yeah it. that's yeah that's fair enough i'm glad you enjoyed it um yeah, obviously you didn't dislike it. I just I think maybe it just emotionally connected with me more on that day than usual. Um, I, who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I one of one of my favorite films of the year, and just add into that whole twenty twenty two vibe. I think that is happening right now, where we are seeing some some really good like studio films. You know, like yeah, like bigger films have had a bit of a moment this year where it seems to to be some like competence behind the camera and some real effort to make something special when there's a bit more money involved rather than just splashy splashy cgi so yeah i i think it's very much the fight against the 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 superhero blockbuster but man i'm i'm enjoying it but go on tell me uh give me give me give me something chris give me something what you've been watching (laughs) well i did i took a really fun solo trip to the cinema to see Lightyear actually um the movie that the internet hates <laughs> oh for some, no for some reason um two girls kiss I, I, cinema is ruined <laughs> <laughs> well i don't think it's that I, yeah that was like the initial reason why everybody hated the movie and then everybody then just decided that they actually just hated the movie um i'm not in that camp i'm afraid i actually went to see it pretty like on the fence i was i was ready to expect something that was going to be very mediocre because the reviews had sort of been sort of lukewarm towards it but i came out like i really enjoyed it um what i saw in the trailers and was something that just looked like a straight up um sci-fi adventure movie and uh, that's exactly what i got here i got a really satisfying origin story 
Um, some really great themes about, you know, sort of work, working hard, work at your work ethic, but also, you know, what's the substance to that? Why am I proving myself? Is it, is it worth doing? Or am I going to be appreciated for? And, um, and also just learning to not be a robot and also connect with people around me, regardless if they're on my level or not. I thought some really great messages in the movie that were really well handled and not shoved in your face. And um, the kiss thing, man, is so blown out of proportion. It's more, it's not made a point of, it's more just like a thing in the background as that's treated as normal. So it's never, it's not, you know, people can get on their high horse about box ticking or anything. Disney are guilty of the box ticking thing at times, but here it didn't feel it. It just felt natural, which is like how it should do, right? Yeah, definitely. And uh, and even if it was a bigger thing, and even if Buzz was gay, yeah, uh, we shouldn't give a, we shouldn't <laughs> give a shit at at this point. So anybody moaning about the film for that, stop <laughs> listening to the film angle. We don't want you as fans. Uh, love is love. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> The, the thing that um, I think a lot of people are struggling with is that they're like, this is the worst Toy Story sequel ever. Well, I, I don't know what's wrong with people because it's not a Toy Story movie. I, I don't think it was ever promised to be a Toy Story movie. You just have to look at the poster or watch the trailer to kind of know what it is. It's 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 a completely separate property. Mind you, it, it's, it's landed from the Toy Story universe, but... It, it, it's advertised the first opening reel of the movie there's a credit that says you know in 1995 uh, a boy called andy went to see a movie about his um that became his favorite toy this is that movie and then that's all there is and then you just watch a movie called lightyear yeah i mean i don't think it's not it's not rock am i being stupid it's not rocket science and people i think there was a bit like, of this isn't a bit yeah. of confusion but like not enough like i kind of i just understood that it wasn't Toy Story, for me, I, I for me, I really enjoyed the first trailer, and then I I liked some of the, you know, the subsequent tra- trailers didn't give me the emotional impact. You remember that first one that had like Spaceman playing and stuff like that? Um, sorry, Starman yeah. playing, and it was it was really good. Um, and then I was like, oh okay, it's, the next trailers kind of made me go, ah, it's, it's still just like a like a bit of a spin off Pixar film. Like I I don't know. I I will watch it, but I'm I'm gonna wait for Disney Plus, and I don't know if that's really bad of me to say. Um, I'm, I mean, I I think I I knowing you, Alex, I think you'd enjoy it. I think it's just a really easy movie to watch, and I think actually, you know, I don't think it is B tier Pixar. I'm being I'm gonna actually champion this movie a little bit because I I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really touching probably one of the most gorgeous looking Pixar movies as well. And uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be super happy to see another adventure with Buzz Lightyear again. Um, yeah, it, it, it was great. Um, and I completely saw it as it, as what it was and separated it from, uh, you know, from the Toy Story universe. And um, yeah, I, th- I think if you do that, I think you'll, you'll be surprised what actually is a pretty decent film. Yeah. I think when I do watch it, um, it, it, it will very much, I will very much go in and be like, I'm looking forward to this animated Pixar sci-fi film um, yeah. and kind of go from there. So, yeah, there you have it. There's another uh, sort of cinematic journey for the last couple of weeks of uh, the big releases in cinemas and online streaming. 
Um, yeah, as I said, there's a couple of those movies you could check out on um, online. Definitely check out Pleasure on, on Mubi and the rest are playing in cinemas at the moment. So yeah, please go out and support your local cinemas because there's plenty to see at the minute. Just as long as it's not Jurassic World. Would you agree, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I think if you're going to spend your money in anything right now, uh, go watch The Black Phone. And I know you, you very much rate Elvis, so it seems like that's worth your yeah. money as well. Uh, you know, catch those before all the cinemas are, are taken up with Thor uh, Love and Thunder screenings. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if you like this episode, please feel free to comment and like on our social media platform on Instagram at the Film Angle, and also uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much anywhere where you get your podcasts from. But for now, this is the Film Angle. I'm Chris, and I'm Alex. Tell your friends and family about the podcast. Yes, please. We appreciate every listener, don't we, Alex? <laughs> Always, absolutely. It's not like we check our listener statistics on a on a minute to minute basis, is it, Alex? At all? <laughs> Hello, new friends. <laughs> Bye, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>